Welcome into the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How you doing? I am one half of your host, ETH Moon. I've got Crypto Ewok with me as well. And before we get into it here, it's it's been a little while since our last show. Um, I'm not going to blame my co-host. I, I guess I'll probably blame myself. But either way, there's been a lot or little, depending on how you look at it, going on in the crypto markets here over the last month. It's been about five weeks or so since our last episode. But Ewok, how are you and uh, how are you feeling about the, the market overall right now? Well, I'm hanging in there. Everyone's down a little bit here and there, but you know, as we discussed before, time in the markets is better than timing the markets. Definitely, yes. Um, yeah, just being able to stick it out and not being one of those weak hands, you know. And it, it's yep. it's a tough thing. It's something that we were just kind of talking about off air a little bit. I mean, you know, the the last few weeks. I mean, most people. I know you didn't necessarily feel this way, but like. Most people, I think it's safe to say, in the in the crypto sphere over the last few months, thought that we were going to see 100k BTC by the end of last year. That obviously did not happen, um, you know. And then this year gets off to a slow, sluggish start. People are very, you, you you could just see by like the sentiments on Twitter, which I have been really good at not reading anymore because largely <laughs> useless, I think. But how about that? Like, do you see that often on Twitter too? I mean, like whenever the prices are down. Or like I've said before, even when it's just chopping and there's nothing happening, people just get angry, you know? Oh, yeah. I right. see the, you know, I, I'm, I'm very careful to who I follow. Mostly a lot of hexagons, mm -hmm. uh, some Bitcoiners, some other some other people. But uh, yeah, when prices are down, it gets very toxic. People get upset. Their portfolios are down. Uh, feels like the end of the world. They've got to blame somebody. They start lashing out to other people. And then the infighting starts back and forth because what else is there to do? <laughs> so, yeah, see a lot of that happening right now. And like I said, it does get a little toxic. Yeah, and it really is unfortunate, too, because, you know, we're all here to, you know, participate in this financial revolution and, you know, hopefully make a good living for yourselves and your family. So it, it does suck whenever things like that happen. But I think you see this with like any kind of market or any kind of interest that people have. When times are tough, they kind of turn on each other. You know, it, it reminds yep. me almost of like the early days of COVID and the initial COVID lockdowns, where just uh, nobody knew what to think. Uh, some people aren't allowed to work and all this, and you just start turning on each other. Everything is politicized, and you know, obviously, there's been a hell of a lot of drama in the real world um, sure. <laughs> the last few weeks. So I think that kind of has everybody on edge, you know, with the things that are happening in the world right now. And, you know, talk a little bit about that and how much, you know, crypto as a different means of investment is is highly impacted with a lot of these like limitations and things we're seeing around the world right now. Well, yeah, there's crazy stuff going on. People's bank accounts getting frozen and uh, uh, it just it's, you know, you got wars, you've got mm -hmm. who knows what's going on. If it's really a smokescreen for something else, a lot of times that happens as well. Uh, but but mainly, once again, people's freedoms are being taken away. You know, here before it was their, you, you know, everybody's locked down. You're essentially confined um, and, and, you know, you were only allowed to go certain places in the event of emergency you know, they took that right away. You know, that's gotten back to, to normal now, thankfully. Um, and then, you know, you, you get the Canadian banks that are freezing people's money because they donated to a cause. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what kind of world is this where we're just making these decisions for people? I, I don't get it. Um, it's scary. <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it makes you really step back and appreciate um, crypto for what it is. And you're removing the middleman from the equation. And that's always what it's always been supposed to be about. Right. It really is scary. Yeah. And, you know, luckily we're talking to to people that are into crypto. So nobody listening to this, I doubt, would look at a, either of us, you know, thinking that things like that are scary as some kind of uh, right, you know, alt-right uh, conspiracy theorist or something like that. I mean, like to, to us, it's just, you know, what were previously people's obvious freedoms that are... Um, you know, being limited now. And it does, it really yeah. does seem, you know, 
since the beginning of 2020 and this pandemic, which, you know, was obviously real, um, there's been a lot of opportunistic, you know, limiting on freedoms for other people's gain. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, I I know not everybody necessarily feels that way, but I think most like regular people feel that way. (laughs) Well, I would hope so. I'm about as middle of the road as it comes as far as, you know, I don't really talk politics very much at all, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I can see benefits from both sides. Um, so, you know, I'm not far right, far left or anything. I'm I'm pretty much right in the middle, but you know, just, you know, the things you're seeing, there's a lot of overreach happening Yeah, and it, it is worrisome. It is nerve wracking, but, uh, you know, we're in the right space financially and we just got to keep our heads down and keep plugging away at that. But, you know, talking about that, that I just said, and it's, it's something that, you know, you can doubt sometimes is you and I were talking over the last few weeks and there's a lot of people, you know, who have not been in crypto for as long as, say, somebody like you has or anyone who's been at it since 2016, 2017, which, again, is like being in the stock market for over a decade, probably, <laughs> you know, as a Wall Street trader or something. Um, but there's people who have gotten in over the course of the last year or over the course of the last six months and stuff like that. And it's, you know, those folks... Um, are are either probably you know up right now on their investment but not not as much as they thought they would be at this time or significantly down you know um we yeah. saw the second touch of the 69k or whatever it was in November of last year and a lot of people are capitulating you know some people have gotten out of the market um and talk about that i i know we have on this show before but i think it's even more apropos right now because it's happening right now you know really actually handling those downswings like if you maybe not if you necessarily bought the top but if you just didn't maybe dollar cost average in the right way or you know expected a the a market thesis of going up 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 and then all of a sudden it doesn't um you've made mistakes in the past i think everybody in crypto has made massive mistakes and sure you i think have probably come out you know feeling like you still made the right choice being in what you're invested in. Talk about those times when it's just like, what have I done? Where it's literally like you think, you know, you're scared because your portfolio is down so much. And you, you know, we are all real people who have done this and have, you know, uh, been underwater for a period of time with their portfolio. But talk about handling that because it's, you know, it's definitely difficult for people out there. Well, yeah. I mean, and traditionally, Bitcoin has had this, 85% dip after it's had an all-time high, right? So when Bitcoin goes down 85%, all the altcoins go down about 90 to 95%. So you're looking at a major, major loss uh, because, frankly, not many people bought the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, there's also people that got wildly rich during the bull run and thought, well, hey, I, I, now I've got millions of dollars here. I'm going to retire. And then it starts to pull back again. And that's another reason for the stress. They're not seeing that. They're now living off of the crypto that's diminishing every day as it goes down. So <laughs> there, you know, the one thing that I learned is that if you're in a market for longer in, in the crypto market for longer than three years, uh, chances are you're going to come out ahead of where you were the last time um, after the bear market after it starts to rise again, the bull market starts back up. It's a four-year cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you've actually bought at the exact top, you might have to stay in for four years rather than three. But but for the most part, staying in the markets over three years, generally, everybody has made money unless you invested into a total shit coin <laughs> and it's gone completely out of business, pretty much flatlined at zero just not going to come back, right? Um, and that's that pretty, happens. But well, I, I was just—I was actually going to say—I was going to say—is that pretty rare though? Because it does seem that like because there are some that I know in 2017 were like, you know, something everybody was talking about, and now the coin's pretty much dead, but not like yeah. zero dead. Like there's still a price tag on it, you know? Right. Well, that that goes back to the, um, you know, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's how the, the coins are are related and. Um, 
the the, the pairs, the trading pairs, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, everything's correlated. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when Bitcoin comes back, if it's tied to Bitcoin, the price of it's going to come back too, right? Um, if there's a use case for it. Uh, some of these older things that, yeah, used to be, you know, four years ago were in the top 10 are gone pretty much from the top 10. However, um, it may be because other projects have taken off a lot more uh, that have replaced it, but it, they still they still go up in value. Like uh, I'm thinking of Dash, for example. Oh, yeah. You know, at one point, Dash was a, a number four, number five coin. Um, and, and it's kind of just now taken a back seat. However, it's still better than it was, you know, well, maybe not right now, but you know, yeah. it, it did, it did pretty well in the, in the bull run as well. So, you know, yeah. like I said, time in the market, definitely better than trying to time them. And what do you think might, um, you know, maybe, maybe this is, I don't even know if this is something that you feel comfortable answering or not, but like, what do you think uh, for people right now that, are invested in coins and, you know, because the market has gone up and down and, you know, we've been to the mid to low thirties and stuff like that. Now there's other events in the world that people are more scared of. What kind of coins, um, how can you help somebody determine whether or not like they're invested in something that will come back after a bear market, you know, because I think some people out there might worry like, okay, well, I'm, shoot, I'm into this coin and I thought it was a good project, but it's ranked this or whatever. And what if it doesn't come back? I mean, like, what are some of the characteristics that you look for in something that you're like, okay, if we do go full on bear market, I'm comfortable holding this through there, even though it's going to be treacherous waters and it's going to go down far. What's the characteristics in a coin that you think can make it out of a bear market like that, having seen, you know, other ones yourself? Well, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to tell you the biggest thing that I try to stay away from. Okay. And that is the coins that have the most promises. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. A lot of that, when you hear that, I tend to try and stay away even more. Um, the ones that actually have use case, your layer ones, um, your uh, staking or farming coins, a lot of those that have use and can provide some sort of uh, residual or staking returns, things like that. Um, if they have a good plan behind them, they'll usually stick around and be solid. Um, and then you get the random meme coin like Dogecoin, who happens to just keep fighting back every cycle, even though it's there's nothing. There's no development. <laughs> there's no people working on it. It's total trash. It's a fork of a fork, you know? Right. <laughs> You know, Litecoin was a fork of Bitcoin. Dogecoin's a fork of Litecoin. And and there's really hardly any development. Um, but it, it seems to just keep fighting back. It makes those highs. You know, I think this cycle, it was 70 cents. I think the last cycle, it got up to right about where it's at now, maybe 13 to 15 cents. Right. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you're literally flipping a coin. You know, I, I think of Ripple as a huge promise coin only because they say, we're going to get all the banks to use us. We're going to do this. We're going to partner with this person and this company. And, you know, it's just, we're going to do this and we're going to do that really worries me because if, if it's not done yet, then, you know, you're really, you're, you're gambling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's prominent in the crypto space. I mean, you see that, I mean, obviously 95% of the market is really made up of stuff like that. I mean, you know, they're they're really, it it really shouldn't be that hard for folks, I don't think, to figure out what to get invested in because there's just, everything's crap. So, you know, when, when you know that the market is really that bad for the most part, now that's not to say that everything past page one on uh, coin market cap or something is useless. That's not necessarily true, but no, no, because we're on page three. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And honestly, that's one of the reasons I, I, when I, when I saw hex, I saw what it was and it was released as a finished product. Mm -hmm. It's done. You know, there are no promises. It is done. It does what it says it's doing. Um, It's one of the reasons why I dove in so heavily, because the people that are doing anything are building on top of it, which gives it even more use case. So that product itself, 
done complete finished immutable contract can't be changed ever and it works flawless right Mm -hmm. so just yet again another reason why um when i when i saw what it was that i decided to get in so heavily yeah and um yeah, and another reason to do that. And I, but you know what? Before we get into um, some of the stuff coming up with Hex, because we're going to talk about that here too, um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think it's kind of just the popcorn element, I guess, of the show. But what did you think? I'm sure you probably watched the Peter Schiff and uh, Richard Hart, the creator of Hex, of course, debate um, on gold versus crypto. Uh, did you see it? What did you make of it? What did, what did you think? Of course I saw it. I watch everything yeah. Richard does. Um, you watch everything I, Peter I, Schiff does, too, I imagine. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> I, he's uh, he's old money. Um, and yeah. a lot of those guys, man, they're hard to change their point of view. Um, it's the same as Warren Buffett and, and Monger. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they think that crypto, all of crypto is rat poison. It's rat and, poison. And, and and that's where that mentality comes from. It's old school. It's gold standard. It's it's that thinking. Um, what I did take from it though was that you know Peter definitely did his research um, because he changed his com- his point of view completely. Yes, he did. Um, when he came out originally, you know he was gold is the way invest in gold. And then when he first opened up the conversation with Richard, it was like, well, you don't want to invest more than five or 10% of your portfolio. (laughs) So that point of view completely changed, which surprised me, but I think he knew he would get destroyed when, when Richard showed the chart of gold uh, for the last 40 years and it hasn't gone anywhere, you know? (laughs) Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there were points, some points that, that Peter made, um that were okay um but yeah just the the whole putting down crypto in general uh mentality is just old school and it's you know <laughs> you, they're 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 boomers you know it, it is what it is do you think You're it's not, a meme not ever gonna I think it's a meme at this point. Do you think Peter Schiff really cares like I I kind of because like he had a did you see his tweet um He's probably had a few, I imagine. But there was a tweet like a couple days after it where he like added Richard Hart and was like, uh, um, I, I forget, just said a couple things about their debate. Nothing was really critical or anything. I mean, he's like helping advertise for him, the guy. You know what I mean? I, I honestly don't think, I don't know. It just, it kind of seemed like it was more just having fun. And I, I, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like the Schiff anti-crypto thing is a meme on his part. I just don't, I don't even know if I buy it anymore, you know? I think he does a lot. Well, so first of all, he knows how strong the Hex community is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he um, includes Richard on a, on a tweet or whatever it may be, he realizes there's that many more eyes on it. It's engagement. Um, okay. When you have that many followers and you know you start getting the algorithms kicking in, a lot of those guys do that just to get views. And, and um, it's clickbait pretty much. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a joke or um, if he really feels that way. So it's hard to tell. A lot of these guys are so person, you know, internet personality type that you don't know what they're really like in the real world. Um, you don't really see that side of them. I don't think. Yeah. So yeah, it's just hard to say. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, it was interesting. I, I will say that I felt a little bit of Biden-Trump energy to it. Uh, so, you know, if you recall those, if you want to call them debates. Uh, now, I don't mean that the debate was that terrible between the two. I think it was more so the audio problems, like just the shouting and audio issues and mic clipping. It just reminded me a lot of the Biden-Trump debates. Although there was no, you know, weak insults from Biden or anything like that. You know, there was no Peter Schiff calling Richard Hart a uh, um, clown or anything like that. Or was there? I don't know. There probably was. (laughs) Well, Richard called him a noob several times. Um, (laughs) There's no harm in that. But he just because he doesn't get it, I think, is what it is. He's trying to get through to the guy. Um, and yeah, who knows? I, like I said, I, yeah. I, 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 it was kind of what I expected. If you watch the replay on Richard's channel, the audio is much better. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't know what that channel did, but Peter's mic was so strong and Richard's was so weak, and it just 
he had to turn it up so much that that's where the clipping came from. So, yeah, yeah, it was on both ends, but entertaining stuff anyway. I mean, it's honestly, it's a net positive. I mean, the the fact that it happened, I think is good. It's, you know, uh, Richard being out there more hex being out there more. And I think Peter Schiff knew that. And, uh, it's all good. I mean, like the more and more the crypto, I mean, is out there. I mean, we have like advertisements with Matt Damon, you know, for uh, crypto.com now and Tom Brady and stuff like that. It's just. Uh, oh, there's one with LeBron and his son, I believe. Was it LeBron? Oh, really? well, I, if so, I haven't seen that yet. But he was talking to him, uh, his son about. I forget what they were even talking about. And he said, you know, if you if you. Uh, how does he say it? If you want to be in charge or something, you have to act on it. Um, and then it pans out and says crypto.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like kind of like so, the Matt Damon thing. Yeah, fortune favors the brave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Those are good ads, actually. I think those yeah. are good ads by crypto.com. It probably was it's LeBron because that's now uh, um, the LA Coliseum is now a crypto.com Coliseum, isn't it? Yep. I, I yep. think. Yeah. Yep. Pretty crazy. Um, and speaking of that, that yeah. kind of leads into something I did want to talk about too, is the advertising. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, we had sponsored a car for the Daytona 500. Let's just, he- let, let's, I was just going to say, let's rid you of the Homerism here. When you say we were talking about hex, right? We, the community, <laughs> the hex community. Right. Sorry. Just making sure everybody um, knows. There was an opportunity that I don't think we've streamed since then. So there was an opportunity right. thrown to one of the Hex community that says, hey, do you know of a company that wants to sponsor a NASCAR? Um, he said, well, I don't know of a company, but I know of a community that may be really behind this. He said, let me let me get together. Uh, within four days, the Hex community came together and raised $640,000 and sponsored a car for the, for the Daytona 500, right? At the time that it was sponsored, there were only 40 cars, which means every car was in. Um, there were two late arrivals, <laughs> which means then now you have to qualify. Uh, qualifying happened, didn't make the the cut on, on the first qualifying. So then, you know, there were two different races, two different heats uh, that got everybody in. Um and we finished a few seconds short on the very last lap of the race. Didn't end up qualifying for the Daytona 500. However, by doing that, the Hex guys that were there um, met a ton of NASCAR folks being in the pits, talking to people. Uh, there was almost a million dollars of new onboards handled from that. Um, and now we also have the opportunity to race in the um, the Xfinity race on Saturday in Las Vegas, and then the Cup race in Talladega. Oh, wow. So we actually got two more races out of this by not qualifying in the 500. So pretty cool. Uh, we'll be racing the 66 um, on Saturday in Vegas, which I hope to be there. Nice. Um, going out for the – and it falls right with uh, the Hex Conference – that is March 6th through the 9th. The race is on the 5th. My my flight gets in, um, and I'm going to get checked into the hotel and truck on over to the Speedway, hopefully. so Very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah and Talladega. We'll be making it huge. to Talladega. <laughs> Talladega is yeah. a huge race, too. I mean, that's one of the big, other than Daytona. I mean, from my yeah. limited NASCAR watching days, I think Talladega is one of the biggest uh, super speedway. Yep. It, well, um, it's one of the one of the few restrictor plate races that they have. Yeah. So it really puts a even um, it evens everything out a lot. Yeah, you know, you get you get in that draft. It doesn't matter if you have the fastest car as long as you're in the draft, uh, you have a shot. So it'd be funny how many hexagons end up being fans of NASCAR when all this is said and done. I wonder if they'll well, stick around. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I I think there is already because you know we've had the same driver JJ Ely. Mm-hmm. Um, has been the driver and will be the driver for the remainder of, of these races that we, we have sponsorship for, but, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of new NASCAR fans, um, and, and honestly, a lot of new NASCAR fans that are now kind of getting into crypto and fans of hex. So yeah. it, it actually panned out really well. Richard had mentioned in a few tweets that he did not like brand advertising because nobody pays attention, but, um, 
we really <laughs> did well with the onboard so far, and I continue to think that we'll we'll get a few more eyes on it, especially uh, making the race and and having hex.com on your car. Well, you know, when you think about a NASCAR and crypto in general, it seem like they just go hand in hand. I don't know how much you've watched NASCAR. Otherwise, I I haven't. But like, has there has there been much advertising? Because I could certainly see multiple cryptos or certainly exchanges sponsor cars. I don't know if that's happened in the past. I might sound like an idiot, and it definitely has. I don't know. So the car that we lost to to get into Daytona 500 was Floyd Mayweather's car, um, huh. and he has a nft advertisement on the side of his okay so um it's it is you know i think dogecoin maybe did one race a year or two ago um and i remember uh dragon chain maybe did one several years back during 2017 wow um which I had actually invested in Dragon Chain. It was supposed to be dis- Disney coin uh, that was meant for building platforms on on blockchain. And um, it's still around. It just hasn't done anything. It was one of those ones that just kind of fell off the face. But I thought having Disney's money behind it, right, um, that it would be successful. And it just never panned out. You know, and I, I guess that speaks to like maybe the changing times in NASCAR too. Because I remember being a kid in the, the old days, it was like, like Mark Martin drove the Valvoline and, uh, yep. you know, um, well, I'm already out of people. Uh, Jeff Burton drove the pink and black X side 99 car. I remember it. I don't know. I, oh, Jeff Gordon, of course, DuPont. Um, DuPont. You yeah. had the, um, uh, the Kodak car and the, Oh yeah. Yeah. Bobby Labonte. Obvious. Bobby yeah. Bonnie was, uh, yeah, Interstate Batteries. I remember, yeah, those were the good old days. But so maybe it's not quite like that anymore. We probably, I probably anyway, sound like an idiot to, to NASCAR fans right now. But it definitely seems like a good thing. I mean, like all around, I understand he didn't qualify for the race, but, you know, with multiple opportunities still upcoming, I mean, to me, again, I mean, all this stuff is good, you know, and I, I get where Richard Hart's coming from. Like it, it probably ROI wise was not the best use. But it's well, like... it doesn't get clicks. That's what he was saying. It doesn't mm-hmm. get clicks on the website. However, if you're doing it in the background, um, <laughs> you know, you could easily get some. There's a lot of money involved. And and honestly, if you get a fan, uh, they're they're diehard fans, man. They get the yeah. they get shit tattooed on their arms for their favorite driver. That's how serious they are about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, yeah, but. Okay. Um, so let's let's transition a little more into like some of the the real concrete things that are actually coming up because you know it seems this is such a weird thing and I don't want to get too far into this because you know there's the whole uh, the 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 regular crypto space versus the hex crypto space and they don't intersect and it is so weird because like there are a lot of huge YouTube channels or huge publications that just will never acknowledge hex but I won't say never but haven't ever acknowledged hex. And I guess don't consider it a crypto and don't understand this, what, what pulse chain is and what's actually coming there. And to me, I I guess in a way I can understand the neglect of hex a little bit. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I could see it more. I don't really understand people in those circles, not acknowledging pulse chain. I don't really understand that because that this is major. It's a fork of Ethereum. It, it, it's huge. So mm-hmm. why do you think that is? I mean, I, to at least acknowledge that I think would be smart. Is it not going to happen until it's here? Is it not going to happen until there's price appreciation? What What's with that, do you think? Um, honestly, a lot of the... So <laughs> here's what I think it is, and this is my opinion, but um, I, I think a lot of the people who didn't like Richard spoke badly of hex have gotten into pulse uh, behind the scenes. Mm. Um, I don't think they're going to mention it to their people until it launches and they want to pump the price. Um, That's honestly, I see that as a play for them because most of them are shady door to door salesman type guys Mm. who want to make money from their audience. And I think that's what it is. Now, we know for sure that a lot of the bigger YouTube people have invested. 
Uh, BitBoy himself has admitted it. He he said, I sacrifice for Pulse. Um, some of the other ones, you know, I don't know about the Bitcoin Maxi folks. Um, they're pretty much stuck on Bitcoin. They still don't even like Ethereum. So yeah, uh, I don't see that happening. However, you know, as you, you can tell by the uh, chat rooms, there's twice or three times as many people in the pulse chain telegram group than there is the hex group so there oh, is yeah. actually more of a, a following for that um, even if they don't like hex they are getting on board with pulse you know they see the the l- largest airdrop in history about to happen in front of their eyes they want to get those coins um it just it's not talked about which baffles me that more people aren't pushing it why wouldn't they i mean right now there's nothing they can do sacrifices over um but i think you watch as soon as it launches the amount of eyes that that become fixed to it and attention brought to it because the guys that invested early want to want to pump those bags yeah that makes sense maybe i mean maybe in a way you're kind of answering my question that what i'm saying isn't really there like i mean i guess if you're you look under the hood and you see like the telegram groups and stuff like that and you see how many people are actually involved with pulse then maybe that is true but certainly as far as again some of these more mainstream or more known uh youtube channels and stuff like that do not talk about it because i i don't see it anywhere i i don't think they they don't want to talk about it yet because they don't want um we're not sure it's not launched yet you know and and i think they don't want to put things out there that could be delayed it doesn't look good um we all sacrificed um at least i did a lot of us sacrificed for pulse chain and pulse x you know they'll both launch at the same time but hell the sacrifice phase for pulse was what june of last year Mm -hmm. so it's been a while that you know, we got a lot of money sitting out there that that nothing has uh, shown for yet. Right. So, I, I think you know, I, I don't think they want to push it until they know for sure it's going to launch. Just because, then you get a lot of questions. When's this happening? You said it was coming. When's it? so? It, it may bring unnecessary questioning that's not necessary right now. Yeah, that could be a good point. Which will lead me to ask you. I mean, we've covered this before, and. Uh, you know, it's uh, people have speculated. There's a lot of speculation in crypto, of course, but um, people have speculated about when the actual snapshot of the coins will take place versus when, like, Pulse itself will actually launch or if they'll be uh, intertwined. I mean, at this point, what are you kind of thinking as far as like the copy of the coins and just everything? What do you think the timetable could be right now? Or is there even a well, does it even matter really? Well, it does. It it does matter, but keep in mind. That, uh the fork and the snapshot are the same thing right mm-hmm. um it it's not going to be a separate event so it could launch one day and richard says okay it's live i don't think he wants people to know i don't he doesn't want them to forerun by pulling liquidity um right. and getting a copy and then putting it back in so that they get double the liquidity right they're going to get a free side already if they have liquidity on the pulse chain, but if they were to pull the liquidity, that's less that pulse X actually harvests when the coin gets copied. So he doesn't want front runners. Um, He could say it's going to happen in five hours, maybe, but keep in mind, we also haven't seen um, testnet version three yet either. So that has to happen first. Um, I still think it could potentially be the end of March. Um, I, I, everything's close. Everything that we're seeing, the pictures, the websites look very much done. Right. Um, it's just a matter of testing it because, you know, the last thing you want to do is put something out that's going to (laughs) break. It looks bad. Um, people lose their confidence in your stuff. It's just, you've got to release it perfect. And, um, but yeah, I, I still see end of March, beginning of April as a, a, a pretty reasonable timetable. And I think that's a good thing to remember too, for people that may be getting frustrated or just not wanting to play the waiting game is it's actually more of a good thing that this tedious nature is going on with it. And that they want it to really be perfected because 
obviously things are rushed in crypto. Not just crypto, but I mean, they are rushed in crypto and then you get terrible releases of things and disasters and, you know, obviously he doesn't want that. And it it can be frustrating because, especially with sacrifices, because you can, as a person who sacrificed, start to think, like you just said a few minutes ago, all this money is out there. Um, My own hard-earned money that I put up for this, you know, hoping for these crazy returns and all this, and I'm just not even... You know, it's like, oh, maybe, well, maybe next month. Well, maybe next month. But <laughs> I, I really think that that's, you know, actually for the best if we're going to get the the best end result. And isn't that kind of how Hex began, too? I think it was you and I talking before, too. I mean, whenever it initially launched, was there kind of delays and things like that? Yep. The the, the famous saying when, when Hex launched was four more weeks. Right. Uh, we wow. heard that probably five or six times. So. Wow. It just, it wasn't ready and it wasn't ready. It was almost done. And at this point, this time he has stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's good. Because it happened so many times the last time. And, and, you know, he does not want to give a time prediction at all on this one. And that's why I think it's going to be, well, first, like I said, first we'll see version three of the test net. Um, and that'll be, that will have everything. It should have, a test version of Pulse uh, Pulse X. It should have a copy of all the coins that you're going to get for the airdrop. It'll be an updated um, um, copy, so mm-hmm. it should be pretty accurate. Your totals will be in there from your sacrifices. Nice. Um, what else? I forget what else is included in the um, V3 of Testnet. Now they have a testnet v3 running in the background uh from what i understand it's it's pretty solid but but again still banging on it still trying to break it just to make sure um that the validator sets are all working and rotating through properly and the staking is um is working for for pulse x and the um yeah the validator and the that set is working for for pulse chain and the the burning of the tokens and all that good stuff so there's so many game mechanics it's crazy to even think about all of the game theory that went into these coins well i mean yeah i mean and just you know the fact that a copy of all the erc20 tokens that everybody has will be on that chain i mean like just imagining that's got to be one of the really cool things too is whenever it actually seeing on the next uh test net like actually seeing the coins you're going to get copies of in there Will be very cool. Um, yeah, very. I wanted to to wrap up this week's episode with this. Unless you had, did you have any more um, Pulse Chain or Hex updates that you wanted to get into? Well, I did want to mention to people uh, one quick thing. Uh, originally, when people thought they had missed out on the Pulse sacrifice, um, I said my first thought before I knew this site was coming out uh, was you might want to throw in five or ten bucks even though it's going to be a bad rate you could end up getting i don't know 20 or 30 pulse coins out of it even it was a terrible rate uh, because you're going to need them to transact right when the when Mm -hmm. it goes live if you don't have any you've got to get some somehow it's like not having any ethereum Uh, you can't do a transaction if you don't have any Uh, so i said get a couple that way you can transact well a site has come out called freepulse.io. It's very, very similar to the free Bitcoin site. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, actually. but it's a faucet. It's um, the it's yeah freepulse.io. Um, once an hour, you get to spin the the spinner, um, and depending on what number you come up with, depends on how many pulse you're rewarded. So if you get like one through 8,000 or something like that, you get seven pulse. Hmm. If it's from 8,000 to 9,000, you might get 77. If it's 9,000 to 9,400, you may get 7,777. It goes all the way up to whatever the equivalent of $200 is. And that's if you hit 10,000 right on the nose, pretty much. Um, But anyway, my point is you're able to get a few for free without having to really do anything um yeah pretty cool site uh for people to to get a couple free pulse now there's also gambling on there i'm not going to promote that because (laughs) you know it's a good way to lose all of your free coins that you just earned 
Um, so there's some pretty fun games on there, though. It, you can play with it now while it's test net. Uh, check it out and all that good stuff. There is uh, also a referral as well. If you want to pass out your referral link uh, for that, it you get a portion of people's free rolls or something like that on top of what they get. So yeah, it's a, it's a good way to do it. Um, also wanted to mention Hedron. Hedron is a very interesting platform um, that's built on top of Hex. Uh, they just released. If you have existing Hex stakes, uh, the first 10 days, which this just started yesterday, the day before, um, you can go in and claim your free Hedron tokens. You don't have to mint them. You don't have to do anything, um, but you can claim them. After 10 days, your multiplier goes down to... Right, so right now it's at 10x. So you're getting 10 times the, the coins right now. After 10 days, it goes to 9x. After 10 days, it goes to 8x and so forth. After 100 days, there's no multiplier anymore. Um, but what this platform is, is it will allow you to wrap a stake and either do a couple things with it. You could gift it to somebody by sending it to them. You know, previously before when you made a stake and put it in your wallet, it was stuck. Okay. You can't do anything with it. You can't send it uh, until it matures. At that point, you can, you know, mint it and then do it again. This will allow you to move it around. It will also allow you to borrow against it, which is kind of interesting. Um, you can take future value from it. Um, I believe it's a 1%. Well, I forget what the fee is, uh, but it's like taking a loan on your stake. Now, you do have to pay it back every 90 days. You have to make a payment. Um, if you don't, it goes into default, right? Hmm. If it goes into default, people can start bidding on your stake. So be careful. Don't get degen on this. Um, again, the way you buy it from the auction is with your Hedron tokens. That's why it's important to claim them now at the bonus, because when these things get defaulted on, the only way to buy them is with Hedron tokens. So it, it, you can do it with your stakes. All you have to do is have current stakes right now. Um, it is safe to connect the wallet. It's not asking for anything other than permission to just look at your wallet and make sure you have stakes. Okay. Awesome. So if that's, if that's all you ever want to do, at least claim it. Now you can claim it or you can mint it. If you want to mint it, you can mint those coins too. Um, there are some future bonuses that could happen. Should the system get out of whack with more um, or less, I forget how it works, but there is a bonus that would kick in at a certain point if the, the, the coins get out of ratio. So by claiming, claiming now, waiting for that bonus to kick in, you could have a, uh, a 10x bonus that you claimed on, and then that other bonus would be a 5x. It would be a, end up being a 50x uh, when you actually mint the coins. Um, awesome. my, th my thoughts are now, if you mint them now at zero value, well, then that's not a taxable event because you've gotten all these coins for zero value. Right. So that's another way to look at it as well. These things go up in value, which they could, um, and you mint them later, there will be a taxable event keep that in mind so opportunity abound as always in crypto you know you never it doesn't always have to be done the i guess quote unquote old school way of just you know picking certain cryptos and investing in them and waiting you can find lots of spaces here to to get this done so awesome absolutely stuff. very awesome stuff you walk and my last question was gonna be to you um, and I'm not even gonna take a stance because I've done that enough and I I just don't even want to think about it anymore at this point but uh, just kind of given recent market stuff, um, where we are, I I'm imagining thing like your thoughts probably haven't changed a lot. But for 2022 and where the market at large is, how do you kind of see things panning out over the next few months for the rest of the year too? Well, so our high uh, was depending on which one you want to look at, whether it was October or November. Um, Usually the, the bear cycle lasts about a year. Um, <clears throat> keep your eye out for these bull traps that are happening, just like the one that's happening right now. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Are, 
Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say markets at the top are a little different. Show. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. It, it, I mean, there is a nice green candle right now. I, I think there's some pretty strong support uh, at, at about 45,000. If it gets to that, breaks through it. Um, I think your next support level is about 49,000. So if it breaks on through that, then you could see a, a higher, a higher high, but I, I don't see that happening. I say, I think it's a fake out. Um, don't, don't get in. Cause you see it going up. I, I don't think this is the right time. Mm-hmm. It's going to come lower, uh, be prepared to dollar cost in after these big green candles, wait till they even out. Um, it's going to happen. So, uh, I really see this kind of trickling through until, you know, we hit a, a bottom and, um, August, September ish, probably. And I think it'll turn around definitely by then. Um, so just my, yeah. my thoughts, my, my guess, best guess that I could give at this point, but you know, and it really, I mean, not really, um, that bearish to be honest with you. I mean, you know, it's, we, we've kind of had a lot of just, uh, sideways chopping and stuff like that. And that, you know, it's a great time to just continue to buy the coins that you're going to invest in and yield on them. Like that's what everybody should be doing right now. And that's what sucks about the short attention span in a market like this. when things now today's wonderful, obviously, and everybody's all pumped about the pump um we've seen bitcoin at the moment it's up 14 percent or well 13 and percent today but um people capitulated you know so the day the initial russia news really came out last week i mean we dipped down to about thirty four thousand four hundred. i think was the the lowest and then it just kind of stopped there everybody i think thought we were gonna get max pain uh, that very night, and it, it didn't end up happening. It actually bumped off pretty good, and then you know has rallied here today. Um, but the thing that I think people need to keep in mind is like this is when everybody seems to get bored by the market, doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. Maybe had higher hopes, and it's not panning out the way they want. But this is when everybody should be paying attention. Again, mm-hmm. buying the coins that you're interested in, yielding on them. And you bring up a great point, Ewok. It's so easy on a day like today, if you're newer, to get caught up in this and be like, oh, shit, I got to buy now because it's starting to go up. But this is not Mm -hmm. what you should be. I would not DCA today. I mean, this is no, no. I mean, no, because I do still see it. And I don't know if I said this or not, but I do see it coming down sub 25,000, 20,000 ish after and before we make a break to the upside. Yeah. I've heard a lot of, uh, so I, the, the closest to that, that I've heard, I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about support at like a 27 to 29,000 level. So we're not talking like far off of where, where you're talking really. Um, but that that would be like the bottom of the bottoms basically. So really not that far from what you're saying. Um, that said, Especially after today and people be, oh, okay, here we go. This is the pump. That's going to flush even more people out probably. I mean, like the frustration, if we would dip below, man, if we would get into the 20s, I mean, a lot of people are going to absolutely lose their minds. Um, but well, that I think it will happen before that. I think the, I think the fear will happen once it goes sub, sub 30. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to get us to sub 20. <laughs> it's mm. I, I think it's going to be a very quick um candle because they're going to see it going and that's when people lose their minds and be like I'm, i gotta get out this is it scares them you know yeah, yeah. so and, and that's what i was saying earlier to you in, in the back room about people buying tops selling bottoms it, it just they, they just don't realize that that again I keep going back to that saying, but time in the markets is so much better than trying to time it. If you're trying to jump in and out and sell, you're going to do it at the wrong time. Chances are mm-hmm. your emotions get the best of you. Um, just sit back and, and let it let it do what it does. It, if we continue the trend, you know, another two years, you're going to be back here and then some, um, and it's going to be all good. You just have to have some faith in the market. So. That's what that's the crazy thing is like just 
the war of attrition is just really lasting is how you can win in this market. And it, it is easier said than done. I will say, I mean, like you're somebody yeah. who has, has gone through it and everything, but not a lot of people have yet. And yeah, it, uh, it takes time and, uh, fortitude to be able to, to really weather those storms. But, uh, yeah, it, again, I think this is the time that people need to be paying attention. Um, the, the middle of March um, we is going to be towards the end of another 60-day cycle, and I think that's probably when we're going to see uh, more of a dip in the pricing, which might be more advantageous to get in than right now. I do think we're bound for the 30s again. I think that's going to happen. Um, but I don't want to really be too specific. I mean, like, I don't know where this, this market's ultimately going to go, but... Um, like you said, Ewok, obviously you don't want to be putting in your DCAs on a day like today. I mean, it, it's nice to have a schedule set up and stuff like that, but you know, I would not think that, oh my God, this is the bull run of all bull runs and you're missing out on it. That's high, highly unlikely. Yep. Very um, unlikely. Yeah. So just kind of wait. It now, out. yeah, that, and keep, keep in mind when Pulse Chain launches, it's brand new. It's coming from zero. There's no better time to get into a coin, even if we are in a bear market at that point. Um, if you haven't invested already, it, it's a good place to start. <laughs> you know, it, it's going to launch at again, basically zero. There will be a couple days of trading probably, uh, before the bridge is connected and values actually get set. Uh, there'll be ratios before that. So be very careful trying to trade ratios, uh, unless you know what you're doing. Um, but again, it's, there's no better time to get in on a coin than, the day or so after it launches um yeah yeah that is something to be careful of too is trading on ratios like that because we have no real idea what the prices are going to be on some of those at the beginning so just kind of trading on what you have and what you don't have could be kind of dangerous right yeah yep yeah and, and, and that being said a lot of people that that do mint their free coins will be selling so maybe the first day or so isn't the greatest day uh wait a week uh, it could it could dip just keep an eye on it you know i mean you're still mm -hmm. going to see a, a chart for it and if it's going down daily you know wait a, a day or so uh but those green candles when they're that cheap uh can really take off on you so don't wait too long <laughs> exactly yeah well, this has been a good one. We covered a lot of good info, I think. Um, you know, we don't want to necessarily be away for this long every single time, but, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of interesting stuff coming up, obviously, with the launch of Pulse Chain and stuff. Um, really going to be interesting to see where this market goes over the next few weeks and months. So um, that's going to wrap it up, uh, wrap us up for this week's Creed of Crypto podcast. If you enjoy the show, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Creed of Crypto and uh, Ewok. You, if you want, you can give them a shout out to where you are on Twitter and anything else you'd like to add. Yeah, I'm Crypto Ewok on Twitter. Um, I, I started a, a Crypto Ewok YouTube channel as well. I've got a few videos on there. Probably make another one. They're more tutorial for for, for newer people. Um, if you don't want the, the mainstream ones, just trying to help some folks out. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Creative Crypto, Creative Crypto Podcast. We'll catch you next time on the Creative Crypto Podcast. <laughs>